Hi, this is Andrew Kreisberg, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. A crisis is coming to Earth X. Saturn Girl has been cast, and we shine a spotlight on Psy. This is Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to shine a spotlight on the DC Comics character and sometimes Purple Dragon, Psy. <laughs> but first, let's get to the news. Actress Amy Jackson has been cast in a recurring role on Supergirl as Imra Ardeen, better known as Saturn Girl of the Legion of Superheroes. Here is her official character description. Saturn Girl uses her telekinetic ability to help those in need. She was born on Titan, one of Saturn's moons, and arrives on Earth to help Supergirl battle one of her biggest threats. So, Morgan, what do you think about this Ooh. news? We, we, we've been getting some Legion of Superhero teases. We had mon uh, a.k.a. Bob Cobb, last season. <laughs> uh, and now we're getting, like, a legit Legion of Superheroes character. What do you think about that? I kind of wonder, because this is the CW, if they're, like, low-key trying to do a legion of superheroes spinoff and like this is like bob cobb and and saturn girl are like gonna be their like launching pad for it yeah well we know that that has happened previously when they uh had uh mr barry allen on arrow there is some history of it i'm just saying (laughs) there is some precedent of that happening in this universe who knows it could happen. I don't know how I feel about it because that means that I would have to read another name of a, a show at the end of this show. <laughs> Andy Babact is over there like, <laughs> you know, getting ready to... Like rubbing his hands together and laughing. <laughs> he, he's, he's about to pull the trigger. He's going to start a Legion of Superheroes podcast. It's going to happen. Uh, but I'm personally really excited about this. I think this is awesome because we have gotten some Legion stuff. We even talked about the Legion a little bit on Supergirl Radio. Um, if you're interested in listening to the character spotlight that we did uh, on the Legion of Superheroes, that is episode number 89. We did that in season 1.5. So we did that a long time ago. So we were ahead of the game. Is it terrible that I don't remember it? Like, I just had to click into that episode to see if I was on that one. I was. (laughs) It was a long time ago, to be fair. That was quite a while ago. How do I not remember anything about Saturn Girl? I'm sorry, Saturn Girl. Uh, but we we did talk a little bit about Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad and Cosmic Boy, kind of the big three. They're usually the characters from the Legion who get the 
like animated versions, the Smallville versions. Those are those are kind of the big three that get put in the um, adaptations for people. Uh, so Saturn Girl is one of the more prominent members, I think. But that that character spotlight was good because we learned <laughs> about how the how the Legionnaires. It, just to remind you, Morgan, we sure. learned a little bit about <laughs> how they get elected and sort of how they operate and who's who's part of it. Um, so that was very fascinating for me because I didn't know much about them. But uh, I think Saturn Girl is a good addition specifically for Supergirl because it's always nice to have another lady superhero on the show. And to have her team up with one of the Legion is really cool because Supergirl has been part of the Legion. She has a lot of history with the Legion of Superheroes uh, throughout the vast history of Supergirl. Supergirl has been very much involved with the Legion of Superheroes. So it's nice to see an official member of that team come on and uh hang out with Kara. Yeah, I'll be excited to see what they do with those uh, like the the Legion sort of storylines. Yes, uh and I wonder if uh Bob Cobb will somehow be coming back because of Saturn Girl. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like Bob Cobb has to factor into this somehow. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see we'll see if that's how he comes back. So this season's crossover event featuring Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> oh my god, now they're doing it to me. This feels familiar. Now they're doing it to me. How dare you guys. Um, <laughs> will be called Crisis on Earth what is it? Is that 10? X. Is X 10? I think it's X. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm reading it as a Roman. I'm reading it as a Roman numeral because that's who I am as a person. Yeah, I've been saying Earth X, but maybe it is Earth 10. It's Crisis on Earth X. Um, executive producers Mark Guggenheim and Andrew Kreisberg conceived this year's crossover to be evocative of the annual Justice League and Justice Society crossovers that they grew up with and looked forward to his kids. To celebrate this two-night event, they commissioned a legendary Wonder Woman artist, Phil Jimenez, to create a custom cover for the event. So it's pretty cool looking. It really does look like a comic book cover where like everybody is like charging at each other. It's pretty neat. They did a really good job. They emulated the cover of Justice League number 207. So if you're interested in seeing the comparisons to that, is anything sticking out to you? When, uh, so we talked a little bit about this uh, custom cover art that they did. Is anything uh, popping out at you of, of, of any particular interest? I'm definitely intrigued by what looks like the evil versions of them on the other side. Like the evil, I guess it's like an evil Supergirl. Kind of looking like a reverse Flash. Sort of like a like a more emo, I guess, dark, uh, like a green arrow. <laughs> yeah, I think these are supposed to be like evil counterparts. Um, so I looked up Earth X or Earth 10, however they're going to pronounce that. <laughs> um, so that Earth is a parallel Earth in the pre-crisis multiverse on which Germany won World War II. Oh. So it's kind of an alternate universe kind of a thing. Um, the Freedom Fighters, uh, originally from Earth 2, migrated to Earth X or Earth 10 in 1942 to help fight Hitler. But American President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, FDR, for those who like the, uh, the uh, initials there, passed away from a heart attack in 1944, leaving the country in such a state that Nazi Germany was able to develop atomic weaponry. Uh-oh. So that's, I don't, I don't know if they're going to do the exact same thing as the comics, but... 
they could play into the idea of the the evil counterparts in a different, uh, like an alternate timeline or an alternate universe. So this is like their like man in the high castle timeline, basically. <laughs> yes, something <laughs> to that effect. Um, I was really drawn to the evil Supergirl because she definitely has a different looking costume. It's black and red. And it looks like she has a mm. mask on. When I first looked at it, I was like, it looks like Facet from Adventures of Supergirl, the way her her face is shaped. But um, yeah, so she definitely has a different costume on. And uh, I'm excited to see what this is all about and how these characters deal with their, their evil selves. And I'm guessing that the actors will actually play their evil selves. Um, so that's also something to look forward to. Oh, that'd be cool. I'm excited to see what we'll do as a podcast network for this crossover and if it will be as elaborate as last time. Oh, I'm sure something insane will happen. <laughs> uh, so so we'll, we'll, we'll have to figure out what's going to happen. I think Andy, Andy B. from the Flash podcast might already be planning things as we speak. This four-way crossover will air across two nights, Monday, November 27th and Tuesday, November 28th on The CW. Uh, for this crossover event, uh, Arrow will air on a special night on uh, Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern following Supergirl, while the other DC shows will remain in their regularly scheduled time periods. Uh, but yeah, so that, that this is going to be very uh, exciting. And uh, we mentioned the Freedom Fighters earlier. Uh, probably should also note that the Freedom Fighters will be coming to CW Seed as an animated series. So if you watched like the Vixen animated series, I think it's going to be sort of like that. Uh, and I think that's something we will want to keep our eyes out for because uh, Ray, who is in the poster, the uh, crossover poster, he uh, is going to be in the Freedom Fighters animated series and... As Supergirl fans, we might also want to watch it because Melissa Benoist is going to be voicing her Supergirl evil counterpart from Earth X called Overgirl. That's a weird superhero slash supervillain name. Like, I feel like that was just like, it almost sounds like unfinished. Yeah. <laughs> like they were coming up with something else and they were like, I don't know. Overgirl, just call her something. She's just over it. She's just so over it. What like what if that was her whole character? They were like they were like Overgirl, go kill like go murder someone. She's like, "You know what? No. I'm over it." <laughs> it makes <laughs> me think of uh, Liz Lemon on 30 Rock when she's like pretending to be like freaking out over something and she's like uh She's, she's like, I'm over it. And somebody goes, over what? And she's like, it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's going to be over girls thing. She's just like, I'm over it. And th maybe that's why she turns evil is just because people won't stop pestering her. Uh, so Melissa Benoist is going to play an evil version of Supergirl on the Freedom Fighters animated series. Um, and we might be getting an evil counterpart to Red Tornado. It looked like that in the trailer a little bit. So that's something, uh, else that Supergirl fans might want to check out. The only thing is, I don't think we have a date for when the Freedom Fighters is going to show up on the CWC. I couldn't find one. So we're going to have to keep our eyes peeled for that in the meantime. But Exciting crossover news coming. Uh, we, we have a lot to look forward to. All right, Morgan. So we have gathered today to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to go through Sai's uh, comic book history. We're going to do a character spotlight 
on uh, Psy, who is a Supergirl villain, but she's also kind of an ally of Supergirl. We'll, we'll, we'll see sometimes uh, in, in different stories the way that's played. Um, so Psy is a character who's going to be making an appearance in the third season of Supergirl. Uh, so for this episode of Supergirl Radio, we are going to learn more about her character. And really the best place to do that is through her appearances in the comics because she's not been in any of the animated stuff as far as I know, and she has not been in any of the live-action uh, adaptations. So really, we got to dig into the source material, into the comics. All right. Let's do this. So Psy uh, was created by Paul Kupperberg and Carmine Infantino. Her first appearance is in Daring New Adventures of Supergirl number 1. Her alter ego's name is Gail Marsh, and she is affiliated with the Suicide Squad, and the Black Lantern Corpse. Corpse or cores? Core? I don't know. I think it's... I'm going to go corpse. Uh, well, especially... <laughs> no, now that sounds wrong. <laughs> now, actually, in the story she's in, corpse might be appropriate. <laughs> but it's probably... Oh, uh-oh. But it's probably Black Lantern Core. And the, the big thing about Psy, of course, her ability is that she's a psychic. Which could mean all kinds of different things. Because uh, I noticed when I was going through her character appearances in the comics, she had a lot of abilities that I didn't know necessarily think that maybe she should have as a psychic. I don't know. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get there. Um, so I had to look up the definition of what a psychic was. Oh, my God, Rebecca, I love that you have Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defined psychic as. I had to. I had to because I was like, okay, she's she's got things beaming out of her brain, but she can also create nightmares but she can also like do all this other crazy stuff. And so I was like, what is a psychic? Because I feel like I'm not understanding what she can do. So psychics um, are relating to, of course, the, the psyche. Uh, and, and they lie outside the sphere of physical science uh, or knowledge. They deal with immaterial, moral, or spiritual in origin. They, they deal with those kinds of things. So I guess that sort of makes sense with size she deals with a lot of immaterial stuff lying outside of the physical science um, and things that we know so a lot of uh supernatural kind of things so i guess it's just a really vague thing it is like, vague it's very vague like you can't just say oh her ability is that she's a psychic that's so vague i i can't i can't deal with just saying she's a psychic she has so many other different abilities, uh, but we'll, we'll get into that. I'll, I'll have to get your thoughts on, on what you think she can do. Um, so uh, now that we've kind of got those basics about Psy out of the way, so we're going to jump into some of these stories uh, that she's been featured in, and we're going to start talking about her very first one. So that's Daring New Adventures of Supergirl number one, which had the print release date of September 1st, 1982. And the official description for that issue says, Supergirl, as Linda Danvers moves to Chicago to begin a new life as a student at Lakeshore University. That's a really fake made-up <laughs> university. Oh, yeah. Love it. Uh, she gets a new <laughs> home there and makes new friends and also meets a new villain in a very strange and special girl. So this is the uh, first issue of Daring New Adventures of Supergirl. And uh, so in this story... Gail Marsh, who we know as Psy, she her character origin in this one is that she's from Skokie, Illinois. Very specifically, Skokie, Illinois. I'm gonna I'm gonna show my ignorance here. 
is that a real is that a real place you know i'm gonna show my, my <laughs> ignorance i think it, i think it is my initial thought was yes it feels like it could either a be a real place or b be a completely made up place and i wouldn't know the difference with that name let me see I'm looking it up. Oh, yeah, it's I, real. I'm okay, see, I'm just see, I'm seeing that for real. everyone listening. <laughs> so, uh, it, shout out to real. all of our listeners in Skokie, Illinois. Skokie, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> holding it down, size holding it down for you. <laughs> so, um, so in in the story, uh, Gail is originally from Skokie, Illinois. She's born with mutant mental abilities, uh, which again is very vague. And uh, she works with this man named Mr. Pendergast. And he they talk a lot about how there's decay in the world and they want to get rid of the decay, but they also like want to kill a lot of people to get rid of it. So I don't really understand the logic in their like dastardly evil plan in this story. Uh, I guess it makes sense to them. Sure, sure. They're getting rid of that decay uh, any way they can. However they can do it. Um, So I guess in a villain's brain, that makes sense. Uh, To my brain, didn't so much. But whatever, (laughs) I'll go with it. Um, So Mr. Pendergast, uh, who uh, is the guy, the the mentor, really, for Gale. Um, So he's, he's big into this destruction. Like, he wants to cause destruction but gail actually feels really uneasy about it and she and she and it's really sad when she says this she says she feels like every time someone dies or hates or destroys she feels like it was her doing those things so i really feel bad for gail in the story because i think that she's somehow gotten mixed up with this mr pendergast guy but she doesn't really want to cause all this destruction that he he's so big on 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 causing, um, so he he tries to get her onto his side by reassuring her that she's not crazy, that really she's just different and special and unique, and he calls her the forerunner of a new world. So oh, wow, that's a that's a big responsibility. Yeah, it's a pretty big burden. I'm also like pretty into her outfit here. It's like all red all red and then she's got like some sort of weird like circular white belt i don't know i don't know what's happening yeah she uh you're wearing that gail she she's she's (laughs) working this uh this outfit and i i think it's worth noting that uh her appearance the way she's drawn she has short black hair because sometimes that will change um we'll, we'll see that in 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 most stories this will be kind of how she looks but it's not always necessarily how she looks. So in her first appearance, she does have the short black hair. And uh, so Mr. Pendergast and Cy slash Gale, the plan is to destroy Chicago. And that's, that's the big thing that they are going to do. And I, I think that there's something weird going on with their relationship <laughs> because... How I read it was, and maybe this is just me being weird, but I felt like there was something else going on there. Like in in some some panels, I think it would mention that he was her her mentor, but there was also this this point in the story where like she's trying to back away from this evil destruction talk. She's like, I don't know how I feel about this, and then it says um, she accepts the sensual over her fears, and I was like, what is this about? Because I was oh, like, boy. this 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 took a turn. So I don't know if they were like romantically involved. Uh, I don't know. It's not explicit. 
Uh, so, <laughs> so this uh, there's a kind of a weird thing going on between Gail and this Mr. Pendergr- Pendergast guy. So I haven't, obviously, I haven't read these comics, but I'm just going to put this out there. Like, Gail, you can do better. Yes. You can do better than Mr. Pendergrass. <laughs> First of all, he's got you destroying Chicago. That's not cool. That's a, that's a nice city. And second of all, like, you're working that red outfit. Just, like, go to a bar and, like, meet someone cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think she, her, her standards are a little low. I feel like a, she, just a little bit low. Yeah, <laughs> she definitely could could do better. So if it is romantically, uh, if there is a romantic uh, involvement here, get on Match.com. Yeah, she you know raise your raise your standards because uh, he is not a good guy. So um, so eventually Gail does meet Linda Danvers. So Supergirl in this story is named Linda Danvers, and she, uh, so Linda first meets Gail. By quite literally, they bump into each other. It's like a like a meet cute where like oh we accidentally <laughs> bumped into each other, and so when they're helping each other up, Linda and Gail like touch each other's hands because like you have to grab somebody's hand to like help them up, and uh, it causes Linda like this incredible pain, and she says it it feels like someone was attacking her mind, and of course, well I mean sigh does have those, you know, mutant <laughs> mental abilities. So I guess that's why. But, uh, of course, Linda doesn't know that. So they have this uh, this interaction where they, they bump into each other. And they, they do this as Linda and Gail, not as Supergirl and Psy. And I thought it was really funny. There was one panel where um, <laughs> Gail is leaving after this scenario where they bump into each other. And, and Linda is thinking to herself, uh, this weirdo is going to bear some watching. And I just I just feel like that's a little judgmental, isn't it? <laughs> so judgmental. Because not only is she saying, I need to keep tabs on this person. I need to stalk this person. She calls her a weirdo. A weirdo. That's rough. Like, you, Linda, you don't know her. You don't know her story. You don't know what's going on with her and Mr. Pendergrass. <laughs> especially, especially because Gail, and we'll get to this later on down in the story, but I feel like Gail is maybe doing some things that maybe she's not fully into. And, and I don't know if there's some abuse happening here. I don't know. But, you know, like you said, don't judge. There, there's, there's something else going on. So, uh, so Linda, yeah, a little, little judgmental there, Supergirl. Not cool. Uh, so, so Linda has just gotten to this new university. She's made some friends. She's gotten this new swanky apartment. Like she, she goes to this place and these people are like, here, here's an apartment you can have. And it's like this huge place. And I was like, wow, that is a nice apartment for like a college student. But that's besides the point. Linda knows how to work that real estate market. (laughs) (laughs) And she, well, she got it because she, she had an in with the people. Like she, when she goes to the university, she meets this chick and this chick is like hey new person you need a place to live which i thought was a little sketchy because like you don't just like go go to college and then the first person you bump into you're like hey can i can you show me where to live (laughs) i feel like don't do that like just any listener don't do that don't just like go up to a stranger and ask if they have a place to live because you're probably going to get murdered instead (laughs) don't go with a stranger to a second location that's what 30 rock taught me yes (laughs) yes that is that is a a wise words of of wisdom there yeah i 
I don't know. Uh, but it worked out for her. She, you know, she didn't go to like a, a dingy little place. It was a, some pretty nice apartment. So um, in this particular story, it worked out for Supergirl. So, um, but also she's Supergirl. If she did run into some problems, I guess she could handle it. This is a whole tangent about yeah. Supergirl. And her <laughs> I, 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 I've ruined our flow here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's get back to size. So, uh, Supergirl is, you know, she's having a great time at school. She's happy. She found a new place for herself. She's met some, met some new people who have gone from weird strangers to now friends <laughs> a little bit. Um, and just when this happens, Psy appears. Womp womp. Because Linda is like, what is this in the sky? She sees this cloaked figure in the sky. So she turns into Supergirl and flies up to see her. So this is the first time that Supergirl now is meeting Psy in her costume self. So Morgan, I'm very curious about this because I was pretty shocked when I saw Psy's original costume. Oh boy. Because <laughs> I, I, I had two questions. I was like, how does this costume work? And also, why would you draw this? So I have a couple questions. I feel like if you're going to be in like a weird gold metallic bikini, why are you also in like a full length, like like a cape that goes all, all over your arm? It's like more like a cloak. Like why? Like, is it cold or are you hot? Like what? <laughs> what weather conditions is your costume is preparing so you for? <laughs> That is so true. Uh, it could go either way, really. I got a lot of questions. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't fully understand this costume because as you will see in the next couple of panels, I don't know how it stays on. And maybe that's why, like, maybe that's part of Psy's psychic abilities that I don't understand. <laughs> she, she keeps the top up using her psychic powers. <laughs> Yes, I don't understand. Um, but yeah, the the cloak is definitely. I, I think I like the cloak. I think the cloak is really cool. It's it's got a hood and everything, and it looks really mysterious. But the the and even the boots, like I could go with the boots. But the rest of it, I just I don't fully understand. No, I don't understand how the whole top part. Uh, stays on because it doesn't even seem like it goes around her body. Oh, it, do it doesn't. It just seems like the top part is just like hanging there and like what kind of like reversible taped situation does she have going on? <sighs> I don't know. But somehow she's able to like fly in the air and uh, and keep this costume on her. Uh, so despite the the weirdness of it, that is Sai's uh, official uh, first costume. Um, so we'll have to keep track of that as we go through Sai's comic book history and see how her costume may or may not change with time. So uh, that's the first time that she meets uh, Supergirl uh, face to face. So they do a little fighting. They have some mid-air fights, which is kind of cool. They fight in the air. Um, so while Supergirl and Psy are fighting, uh, I took this as, uh, when I was trying to read through this, 
it sort of appeared as if Gail and Mr. Pendergast have merged together, I guess. Again, Ooh, they have a weird relationship. They have, they have a weird relationship. And so I think this is another one of those, like, is this one of the psychic abilities? Is this an, is this another thing that she can do, that she can do that, like, firestorm thing where there's, like, two people in the brain? Like, I don't understand. So they've, like, merged together, and Sai tries to fight off Mr. Pendergast's influence. But he tries to keep bringing her back and convince Gail that Supergirl is an agent of decay. And if you know anything about DC Comics, you know, you, you might know where this is going. Uh, but Psy argues that maybe they shouldn't kill Supergirl because, hey, maybe she can help them. They don't, you know, they don't know. So Psy thinks maybe Supergirl can be an asset. Uh, so, uh, and she thinks that because she thinks that they can use Supergirl's power to become an amplifier of her psionic powers, magnifying them to what... Uh, she refers to as the nth degree, which oh, I guess... Oh, no, not the nth degree. The nth degree. <laughs> that That's, like, really super powerful, I guess. So powerful they can't even pick a number. <laughs> <laughs> it could be any number you want. Uh, so there's there's a there's a struggle now be- between Psy and Mr. Pendergast over Supergirl uh, and, and whether or not they should uh, bring her onto their side, whether she can be an asset or if she is an enemy. Um, so that's kind of how Daring New Adventures of Supergirl number one ends. Um, and, and by the end of that issue, Psy convinces Mr. Pendergast to let Supergirl live. So that struggle sort of ends there, but it, it continues on into the next issue. So that brings us to Daring New Adventures of Supergirl number two, which had the print release date of October 6, 1982. And the official description says, Supergirl continues her battle with Psy, a girl with powerful abilities who has been brainwashed. That's an interesting choice uh, uh, of words there. Into believing that Chicago must die. And also deals with her new friends where she is rooming in Crisis Over Chicago. I, I think that's a pretty funny description because it's like, Chicago must die. Also, roommate problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's like super like at the end of the issue supergirl's like who had my snapple <laughs> <laughs> and both of those things are equally as important <laughs> <laughs> that's so true well you know gotta keep her humble gotta have the Lin- yeah. linda Danvers yeah. part um there's gotta be some kind of downside to her deciding to live in this swanky place that some stranger recommended to her <laughs> So, so there's that. Um, and in regards to Psy in this issue in Daring New Adventures number two, Psy uh, is described as, quote, a woman possessed, literally. <laughs> uh, Gail seems to emerge with Mr. Pendergast again. So there's still, still some of that weirdness going on. Still weird. Facebook status, it's complicated. <laughs> still, still <laughs> weird. Um, and what is interesting about this is that Gail can feel Supergirl's ag- agony over the mental struggle that is going on between uh, them. And Pendergast calls her em- empathic abilities a weakness. So there's a lot to uh, sort of unpack there, I think, at least for me anyway, because um, this is, I think, the first time... Really, the, they sort of talk about how Psy can feel someone's uh, emotions, that she can feel someone's agony over something that's going on. And they uh, talk about her empathic abilities. 
Uh, so in this issue, Supergirl and Psy fight again. There's a lot of fighting between the two of them. Um, but this time they have more philosophy as they fight. So they're fighting in midair. And <laughs> <laughs> they're t- they're t- as you do. <laughs> as you do. And they're, they're uh, thr- you know, instead of like making quippy jokes back and forth to each other, they, they engage in a little philosophical discussion. Um, Supergirl, as Supergirl does, tries to reason with Psy. But Mr. Pendergast discourages Gail from listening to her. So anytime Psy and Supergirl try to sort of work it out, that dude, her mentor, her weird, maybe romantic, <laughs> her weird mentor, guy, uh, is is trying to discourage her from uh, listening to Supergirl and becoming friends with Supergirl. And so there's always this struggle with Psy about whether or not to be good or not. If only Psy had Tinder, I think this all could have been avoided. Swipe left on him. <laughs> this guy, Swipe all the way left. <laughs> this guy is a huge, uh, a hugely terrible influence on her. So uh, it, it's interesting, you know, to think about what what she would be like if she had not somehow gotten mixed up with this guy. Because at the beginning of the issue, like we don't, I don't, I don't think we find out how she gets mixed up with him. But like he's been training her since she was like a little kid. So somehow she got mixed up with him and. He's led her uh, down uh, a terrible road. And there was one panel that I thought was really interesting. Like, Psy and Supergirl are fighting, and uh, Supergirl's been thrown into this wall. And she's thinking to herself uh, about Psy. She says, one minute she's docile like a lamb, and the next, blam, I get sent <laughs> flying into next week. So I think even Supergirl realizes that there's something going on with Psy, that she could be really cool. Like, she could be um, someone that she could connect with, but something's going on that makes her so angry and makes her want to uh, be combative. So, continuing on with the story, Psy claims to be the first, um, when she's fighting with Supergirl, she claims to be the first of a new race of superior mutants who will, quote, resist decay's spread and lead ignorant mankind in a cleansing of the world, unquote. So this is pretty heavy stuff. Like, she's like, we're going to cleanse the world. We're going to, like, cleanse every everybody who's ignorant, everybody who's been bad in mankind. We're going to cleanse it. We're going to make it all better, which, again, weird villain logic that doesn't really totally make sense. And Psy tells Supergirl that they, quote, seek not to rule, but to guide mankind back toward peace and lead them to a new dawning, unquote. So I think what's happening here with Psy is that she's convinced herself that she's doing the right thing, that she's trying to help mankind. And I think Mr. Pendergast has has brainwashed her, to borrow the word from the official description, that that uh, he's brainwashed her to think that she's doing the right thing, which uh, I, I I think we both could agree that maybe this is a bad plan. Possibly not the best. Not the best plan. There's probably an alternative to this that maybe wouldn't be so violent and terrible. Um, so they're they're still fighting, and Supergirl is like kicking her butt. Like she, Supergirl has gotten angry now. She's been thrown around. She's like, "Cool it, Sai. We got we got to stop this." So she's like kicking Sai's butt and uh so eventually Sai disappears because like she can't deal with it so she disappears she goes back to Mr. Pendergast who is 
like really upset with her. He's unhappy. He's disappointed, and uh, he he is like scolding her and <laughs> size size. <laughs> Wait, so, so I'm so sorry. I just read one of the panels, and so Mr. Pendeg- Pendergrass has like a gun on her, but he's like, "Oh yes, girl, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Suddenly he's like in RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so that is uh, probably something that was a, a little bit different context in 1982. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, reading it now, it does it does put a little uh, different emphasis on some of the wording and the intonation when you read it in your head, I would agree. He's definitely a lot sassier in my head. <laughs> <laughs> he could be sassy if you read it like that. But I think there's some weird things going on because I think the way that the, one of the panels is drawn, it looks like he's either like throwing his hand down like he slaps her and like she's grabbing her face so I think he like physically hits her because he's so upset with her and the way that she has handled herself with Supergirl because Sai's like you know what Mr. Pendergast I think she's making some pretty good points I think maybe we should listen to her because maybe this idea maybe this plan that we have about this whole decay business maybe it's not so great and he is not happy with her and I think he physically abuses her that's how I see it yeah that's what it looks like to me too yeah you know it was it was all that philosophy that her and supergirl talked while they were like beating the crap out of each other she was like you know what i think she convinced me i mean she she had some good points um so so some of this is getting pretty heavy like he's like we we kind of we kind of like you know reading it in the rupaul rupaul uh voice but (laughs) but i think it's getting really uh serious like he is physically hurting her and so gail is like um so upset with him that uh she starts to want to fight back and she uses another one of her abilities uh, which I guess is part of her empathic abilities um, to physically fight back against Mr. Pendergast. And he turns into a supervillain known as Decay. She basically, I don't know, she some, somehow vaporizes him. That's it. Kind of looks like she just melted him into just like a giant melt, like a, like a giant puddle man. Yeah. And so he's like this gross, like gooey thing now. Um, known as decay so her her anger towards him uh at how abusive and horrible he was to her turns him into this villain known as decay so that is how daring new adventures number two ends so pretty pretty serious ending yeah i finally sticks up for herself and uh, things don't go so well um yeah so that's a that's a big cliffhanger um, so to to wrap up this uh, storyline in Daring New Adventures of Supergirl with Psy, because if we talked about this forever, it would be a really long episode of Supergirl Radio. <laughs> so we're going to end it here. Uh, we're going to end our Daring New Adventures of Supergirl talk uh, with number three, which had a print release date of November 3rd, 1982. And the official description for that issue says, Supergirl gets a job as a secretary for one of the faculty advisors at Lakeshore University and also has to deal with a... <laughs> Destroying a villain named Decay is like the also <laughs> in this issue. It's like, oh, and also, yeah, that's like she had to fight like a giant goop monster. <laughs> it's it's the... But mostly, she got a new job. <laughs> <laughs> it's the... As a secretary. Um it's this is the flip of the description for number two, I think. Yeah. 
where the where the focus is uh, possibly on something that shouldn't be the focus. That uh, maybe the focus should actually be the afterthought. Um, but yeah, so Supergirl gets a job as a secretary, and she also maybe has to deal with a villain named Decay who can destroy with a touch in a story called Decay Day. And uh, so what we need to know about Sai in this issue is that she she she's pretty honest. She uh, she owns up to the fact that she oops created Decay. My bad. Uh, and when she tries to kill it, she ends up turning Decay back into Mister Pendergast, which I don't feel like is the justice here. Like he's a bad man. He's been raising her her whole life to be terrible and to want to kill. Well. To want to kill people even though she doesn't really want to but he's been training her to do this and trying to make her do all these terrible things then he becomes a supervillain, but then he he gets away with it like i don't i don't understand how yeah does he go to jail or anything or is he just like no but i'm gonna just creep on the next <laughs> the next person well I, I i just don't feel like he should get to go back to being normal again I don't know. So, something about that doesn't... Oh, you, you, you think he should just, like, remain the goop monster? Yes. I think you've earned that goop monster status. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, they should just take they should just take the goop monster, like, drop him on an island and be like, this is what you deserve. Like, goop around here where you can't hurt other people. That's how I feel about it. Um, I'm open up to, to different interpretations, but I just, I don't feel like Mr. Pendergast uh, should be a normal human again. But that's what happens. And so Supergirl, Supergirl at the end of the story, she's like, I'm going to let Sai go. I'm not going to try to take her in. I'm not going to try to go after her because you know what? I owe her one for stopping Decay. She, she stopped Decay. She, you know, stopped the evil that was going down that I couldn't stop. So I'm just going to let Sai go on this one. She's got a free pass for me on this one. <laughs> I feel like Supergirl's like a little bit lazy in this story. Like she doesn't actually do anything. And then she's like, sorry, got to go off to my new job. <laughs> <laughs> got to go do that secretary business uh, at Lakeshore University. That's what's important here. But yeah, so Sai uh, is in this uh, really abusive, nasty relationship. She ends up accidentally creating this monster. Then she stops the monster, and Supergirl's like, thanks. Bye. <laughs> so that's the end of that story. Um, I think this this first version of Sai is something that we'll see a little bit more of in some of the other versions of the character in the comics. Um, because I think there's a through line that, that we'll probably touch on as we, we go through, that Psy seems to be a character who has this push and pull of good and evil. And uh, I, I think she struggles to kind of know what to do and to do the right thing. But uh, sometimes she'll she'll be on the side of Supergirl and sometimes she won't. But um, I think that's a really interesting part of the character of Psy. So the next time I could find that she appeared in the comics was in Doom Patrol and Suicide Squad number one, which had a print release date of March 2nd, 1988. And the official description of that issue says, the world's strangest super team faces against the government's dirty little secret. But if the Doom Patrol and the Suicide Squad are going to survive this latest caper, they will have to set aside their differences and work together. So this issue is about how the Doom Patrol and Suicide Squad 
interact. So in terms of psi, here's what we need to know about this issue. So uh, we get an appearance of President Ronald Reagan. Blast from the past. (laughs) (laughs) So this is very much of the time period. um, And I I put an image in here, uh, Morgan, for you to see. Whoa, what happened to President Reagan here? (laughs) It looks like he's it looks like his face is melting. <laughs> and his hair is going in the opposite direction. His, his face is going down, but his hair is going way up. <laughs> so, uh, so President Reagan, there is a very uh, uh, striking image of him in, in this issue. Uh, I really, I, I'm digging his hair. He's really, um, he's, he's, he's trying something different. He's really... Reach for the stars. He's really bold with this hairstyle choice. <laughs> Um, so the whole premise of this issue is that President Reagan, he's brought Amanda Waller into the Oval Office. He gives her the order to send her suicide squad on a mission to rescue Hawk, who, if you have any familiarity with DC Comics characters, he is Hawk of Hawk and Dove, the, the team of Hawk and Dove. So Cy joins the suicide squad because they have promised to help restore her mind and develop her psionic abilities. She is used to track Hawk and ends up fighting with the Doom Patrol because the Doom Patrol and the Suicide Squad end up at the same place and they sort of fight each other because that's that's what you do when two teams sometimes, you know, get face to face. Sometimes sometimes they don't agree on stuff. So they they end up fighting and um, she specifically has a little skirmish with Valentina, who uh, some people might know as Negative Woman of the Doom Patrol. And while she's fighting Negative Woman, she is attacked by the Rocket Red Brigade. I want to make sure I said that right. <laughs> and uh, she tragically dies on this mission. Oh, no. So in this issue of uh, the Doom Patrol and Suicide Squad story, Psy has an untimely end. She ends up dying in this one. That's rough. I think it's especially rough that she died with that haircut. Yes. <laughs> it's, this is not Psy's best look. It's, it's very... Uh, it's short, which is not a problem, but it's like the weird curly cue, I think, is what throws me off. Like the weird curly cue in the front. And also, why is it so flat? Yeah, she uh, she has like almost like an S curl going on, like Superman does a little bit. Um, but she does have similar similarities with that Daring New Adventures of Supergirl uh, incarnation of the character where she does have the short hair. She's got the, the blue cape. And she's got the costume that makes no sense. Oh, it's terrible. It's really pretty terrible. And I think in this issue, maybe it's just me, but I get more of a sense of how like it doesn't make any sense. Oh, no. Like 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 gravity and physics do not apply to this costume. <laughs> I think in Daring New Adventures, like you kind of see it, but I don't think you get like a full grasp of like there's there's nothing holding this thing on her yeah just how little it makes sense so is like is her back just like completely out i think so yeah it looks like i mean it's hard to tell with her cape so in this in this version it's a cape and not like the full uh cloak action so she has at least decided on the weather situation (laughs) well she's gonna be in trouble if it rains because at least with the cloak she had a way to protect her hair from like rain or snow or whatever, so I don't know. I still like the cloak better. I think the cloak is still a better choice, uh, but that but that's just me. Um, it's also worth noting that there is a panel in this issue that it seems to be a very common occurrence when Psy shows up in a comic where you see her eyes uh, looming over a panel. Uh, so it, it's sort of hard to describe. It looks like 
like eyes in the sky are looking down at people. And uh, we'll, we'll see that a lot as we, as we talk about Sai, because that's, that's, that's the way she's depicted a lot in these stories. So there is, uh, as far as I know, the first death of Sai. So that brings us to Suicide Squad number 67, which had a print release date of January 6, 2010. So this is significantly in the future in terms of when this was written. And the official description for this issue is uh, it's part of the Blackest Night event. This is part 25 of 79. So we are sort of early on in the Blackest Night event. And it says, Original Suicide Squad writer John Ostrander and Gail Simone resurrect the Suicide Squad as they take on Blackest Night and the Secret Six. The Fiddler has risen from the dead and he's targeting targeting Deadshot and anyone who stands in his way. But someone else has targeted Deadshot, the Suicide Squad. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is about to hit the wall. Amanda Waller, that is. Puns. And this wall hits back. Oh, so many puns. So many puns. (laughs) So many puns. Um, So uh, I think it's really cool about Psy that she does have a lot of ties to the Suicide Squad. So if you're into the Suicide Squad, check them out because Psy does... Uh, uh, pop up a little bit here. And so the the biggest thing in this issue, she's only really there for a, a small portion of this issue, but uh, during this Blackest Night event, Sai appears as a corpse. Ugh. So yeah, it's pretty gross. Uh, the Blackest Night event is basically a bunch of zombies. How is it possible, like her costume in death has gotten skimpier? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's brought back to life as a member of the Black Lan- Lantern Corps, and it has gotten skippier. And I don't know if that's I don't I don't know I can't explain it either. It's um it's it's bizarre. Uh, but she still has a little bit of the cape. She still has the sort of the short hair, which I I don't fully understand either because as a corpse. <laughs> Why does she still have hair? Got some questions. Yeah. Got some questions. I mean, I, I really, we shouldn't question any of this because she's, she's a corpse no. brought back to life. So <laughs> every, everything is out the window at this point. Uh, but yeah, so uh, they do mention that Gail Marsh is, is one of these people that gets brought back to life. So that is uh, the biggest part of Suicide Squad number 67 in terms of Psy. That leads us to Secret Six number 18, which had a print release date of February 10th, 2010. And the official description here is, uh, it's also part of the Blackest Night event, and it says, It's the exciting conclusion of John Ostrander and Gail Simone's epic team-up. The Black Lanterns have both the Suicide Squad and the Secret Six up against the wall. There's a lot of wall puns. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so many wall puns. Uh, but it says, But Amanda Waller always has a plan. That plan, Manhunter. Plus, Deadshot is forced to make the decision of his life. Uh, so we're not really going to talk about any of that, but we really are concerned about Psy and these Black Lantern zombies, uh, be- because this is where it gets really grim. Uh, so Psy and the Black Lanterns attack the Suicide Squad, and they're they're just a, like a bunch of zombies. They don't really have any thoughts they don't say anything they're just attacking people and starting fights um and the suicide squad is saved by amanda waller uh because she's awesome and i think she uses some kind of green lantern energy and she vaporizes the black lanterns and so they're basically like all gone and i think this is the second death of Psy. so Psy, that's way hard she died she died (laughs) she came back as a zombie and she died again and then died 
again. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> so Sai is, uh, she's over two here. Not going good. Not going great. Uh, so that uh, next takes us to Forever Evil number four, which has a print release date of January 29th, uh, 2014. And the official description of this one says, Steve Trevor's quest to learn where the missing heroes are leads him to an unlikely ally, Killer Frost, and to one of his most deadly enemies, Cheetah. So this is a story, this is an Argus story featuring Steve Trevor. And so in this one with Psy, Steve Trevor is the leader of a mission to figure out a way to pull the Justice League. And in some parts of the story, it looked like it said the Justice Leagues. So I'm really kind of confused about this. Of course, I'm jumping into this issue not knowing really what's going on. I kind of just looked at this one issue. So who knows what that means? Um... But uh, so he's trying to pull out the Justice League out of Firestorm's nuclear matrix. And uh, they need a mind inside Firestorm that will be able to fully take control and reopen the matrix. So Killer Frost is like, hey, why don't we get a, a telepath to connect with Firestorm's civilian identities? So Steve Trevor, along with Killer Frost and Martin Stein, go to Ar- an Argus station in Detroit to recruit Argus's favorite Psychic Friends Network member, Sigh. So, uh, Morgan, uh, since we've seen a little bit of Sigh's looks throughout her various appearances, what do you think about, uh, we, we get a little bit of a different kind of costume in this issue. So what do you think about her look here? Yeah, this is a different one. Um, what to say? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like one step forward, maybe uh, two steps back. It's still, I feel like it still doesn't, make a lot of gravitational sense (laughs) and and like now the cloak doesn't like the cloak doesn't seem to connect to the costume at all and so i don't i don't know i don't know it's like it's like a weird bathing suit that still has some gravity issues (laughs) and a cloak but her hair is better so she's got that now (laughs) yeah it it almost looks like she she like her cloak or her cape is like torn into shreds like i don't know it, it doesn't even look like it needs to be there like it's it's not even something that seems like it would function as a cape or a cloak but it's it's an improvement yeah yeah but uh i don't i don't think we've fully gotten there yet it, it's an improvement which is to say that's how bad the first costume <laughs> true that this feels more demure yeah, this is a little <laughs> bit better just because the first one was so terrible uh, I agree with that. So in this story, in this Argus story, um, Cy, so the, the backstory of this is that Cy breached Earth's dimension and Vibe, who we both know, because, uh, you know, he's he's on the C, in the CW universe. Uh, and so, so Vibe and Supergirl had to restrain uh, Cy. So Supergirl has been involved in Cy uh, joining up with Argus. So during that situation, Cy psychically read and communicated with Supergirl and agreed to come back with Argus to their station because she says it's the safest place in the dimension. In this take on Psy, she has no mouth. Sure. Because (laughs) she's not going to verbally communicate with anyone, so why does she need a mouth? So why does she need a mouth? How does she eat? Good question. Maybe that's part of her generic psychic abilities. That is rough. That is rough for Psy. (laughs) No no wine, no Taco Tuesdays, no no wine. (laughs) I mean, she can't even, like, suck it through a straw. I know. It's really rough. Even if it was like, hey, she can't chew anything, she still can't. No, there's nothing there. It's just smooth. (laughs) Yeah, so she has no mouth. 
so in this story, Cy gets a little crazy. She attacks Steve Trevor. And when she does that, it looks like Cy reads a bunch of Steve's thoughts. And of course, what is Steve thinking about? Uh, Wonder Woman. It, that I mean, I'm sure most people would guess that. Uh, so she looks into his mind. Uh, it's either his thoughts or his memories, but Wonder Woman is in there. And so even though this experience is pretty painful for Steve, uh, the brain blast, as he refers to it, helps him realize that they don't actually need a telepath after all. Oh, come so on. the whole thing with Psy uh, <laughs> might not have been uh, really necessary to free the Justice League after all. But I guess Psy did sort of give him the ability to connect the dots and, and how they should uh, go to the next step. So maybe she was useful. I feel like Psy did that because she was like, I don't feel like dealing with you people. I don't have a mouth. <laughs> I'm going I'm to wait a couple years until they bring me back with a mouth. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she she passed the buck along yeah. to someone else. Fair, fair. Uh, so, uh, so that is uh, Sai's appearance in uh, that Argus story. So a different take. Yeah, definitely a different take. A different look, no mouth. <laughs> new new costume, no mouth. Uh, yeah, so different different take on Sai. Which uh, brings us to the the newer versions uh, that we've gotten of Psy and and two uh, that we've actually discussed here on Supergirl Radio. So we're we're going to be much more familiar with these stories. So uh, the the next one we're going to talk about uh, is Adventures of Supergirl, which Morgan, I think it's safe to say that we both really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. We covered at great length. Uh, if you're curious about Adventures of Supergirl, you can go listen to all of our episodes on it. We covered all thirteen chapters um but for this rundown about psi we're going to be talking about three issues uh specifically so the first one is chapter number seven and in this issue we find out that psi is the one who has been messing with kara and getting inside her mind and she's responsible for these like crazy awesome dreams that include <laughs> things like kara riding a battle cat battle cat the battle cat <laughs> is so cool and kara's got those like cool like uh, yellow goggles that I really liked. And they do a, a neat thing visually where they kind of take you through a, a, a visual history of comic book Supergirl. So you get to see all the various incarnations of Supergirl in this one. Um, so Sai is giving Car all these crazy dreams. And so Sai's backstory in, in this is that she's referred to as the dream mistress of Fort Roz because she worked at Fort Roz. And of course, working at Fort Roz, Sai knows that Kara is Alora's daughter because Alora worked with Fort Roz. And Sai's job was to watch the most dangerous criminals and keep them asleep. So that is what she did at Fort Roz. And if Sai thought that the Fort Roz inmates were innocent, she would ensure that they didn't suffer while they slept. So, and that's that's nice. She was sort of looking out for them. And when Fort Roz crashed on Earth, like it does in the TV show, because this is sort of a loosely... Uh, connected tie-in series to the show. And that's something that we're going to talk about when we get to Psy actually appearing on Supergirl in Season 3, because uh, we're definitely going to have to talk about that a little bit. So when Fort Roz crashed on Earth, Psy's body was lost. Oh, no. First her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so so in, in one version, she gets her mouth taken away. In this story, she has no body. 
And uh, so now the being in Kara's dreams is that's that's her only form is that is that sort of weird dream form. So Sai is friends with Rampage in this series and is she's she's going after Kara because she's punishing Kara in the dreams for what she and Alex did to Karen, who is also known as Rampage. And at this point in the story, you'll kind of see it when you read along. Uh, Kara still hasn't really talked to Alex about what went down with uh, Karen slash rampage's sister um so we'll we'll sort of talk about that a little bit later as we go through it but um that's kind of where we are in chapter seven so um uh what are your thoughts morgan on uh on this take on Psy? because we get an introduction to her we get a, a, a a different kind of costume it's a little bit like the argus costume yeah new costume but kind of the old costume (laughs) She she grew out her hair. She got some extensions. Uh, they're looking fab. But unless that's her ca- weird cape, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the same kind of the same costume. Still still got some questions about its construction. But she's got a hood now, so that makes her more mysterious. I guess yes, I would agree. <laughs> and I think we should point out that the. Uh, the Argus version of Psy along with the Adventures of Supergirl, uh, they have a, like a purple costume, whereas her original costume was more gold and blue. Um, this, this version in Adventures of Supergirl, she has like a purple costume. So her cape is purple, her like, uh, bathing suit part of the costume is purple, her boots are purple. So it's a little different color scheme, um, from her original run. But yeah, she has longer hair in this one. She does have the hood back on the, I guess, the cloak. So it's a, it's a, it's a, there's some improvements maybe here, but it's still a little questionable. Uh, but it, the art is awesome. Yeah, Adventures of Supergirl has some amazing art. Great art. And uh, I should mention as well, in Chapter 7, you get to see more of that imagery with Psy, where Psy's eyes... Oh, so creepy. Uh, Psy's eyes are kind of always sort of looming in these panels. So that's very typical of Psy being in the comics, is that she's... You you notice her presence. You don't you don't really see her, but you see her eyes, and you you know she's there. So that is there in chapter seven. So in chapter eight, uh, the the summary here uh, for this one is that Kara and Alex uh, take a road trip. They go, they're driving out in a van, uh, and they go out to a lo- location near the Mojave Desert to see if they can find Sai's body because her her body's lost, and they're trying to find her body in order to connect it back to her psychic entity. So um, I, I really like this part of the story because Supergirl and uh, Alex are trying to deal with what goes down with Rampage and her sister and the whole connection to Psy. And so this is part of trying to like make things right is um, to help out Psy and, and connect her back to her body. And that leads us to the final chapter of Adventures of Supergirl. Uh, and this is the the last time we kind of get a glimpse of Psy in this series. And in this one, Supergirl tricks Facet, who is an original character from Sterling Gates. He he made her up, introduced her in the series. She's great. <laughs> Facet's a pretty cool villain. She speaks Bridwell Kryptonese. Shout out to Sterling Gates for the Bridwell Kryptonese. Totally knows how to use Kryptonese in a story. 
Thank you for that. Also, my favorite panel ever when she's dropping to Earth and she just looks so angry. She's just so over it. <laughs> that facet will always like hold a special place in my heart for that one. That one is in this chapter, I think, is in <laughs> chapter 13. Yes. So definitely pick up chapter 13 because it is a great panel. I feel like we put that on our like Supergirl radio Instagram before. I think, yes, I think it's on Instagram. So you can, you can go to our Instagram. Uh, it's at Supergirl Radio and you can find that great panel that is so classic (laughs) facet it's classic facet really um so supergirl tricks facet into believing that she successfully kidnapped eliza with size help afterwards supergirl and alex performed the cleansing funeral rites of size people and with size body now properly buried her spirit is finally free so supergirl and alex really help sigh out with finding her body and doing this uh cleansing ritual and they they go out of their way to try to make things right for Sina. I, th- I thought that that was really cool and it's, it was a nice gesture to uh to help her out and 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 this is kind of neat because Sai helped supergirl and supergirl uh pay, paid her back and 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 made things good for her i like that story yeah it's a, it's a good one and I, I like the um the way the art is with the uh clen- the cleansing funeral rites that they're doing um that you can see size the eyes yeah I don't, I don't know quite what that is like it's her eyes but is it like her her psychic entity i don't know exactly how to explain that but like you can see that she's sort of still looming over uh what's what's going on so i like the way all of that is drawn so that takes us to Rebirth, which is the most recent uh, version of the comics, the most recent continuity. And Psy first appears uh, in this uh, version of the comics in Batgirl Annual Number 1, which had a print release date of March 29th, 2017. And in Batgirl Annual Number 1, uh, so Supergirl is wanting to hang out with Batgirl as they do, and she wants to get her to help break into a Cadmus Black Sight lab uh, with Wayne Tech security. And Supergirl wants to do this because she 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 feels like she needs to go in there and help this female prisoner, who we later find out is a prisoner named Gail Marsh. Ooh, familiar. And uh, she wants to go help her because of this long-distance telepathic transmission that only Supergirl can hear. So uh, Psy can communicate with supergirl through this telepathic transmission and uh in this story gail's gail knows who car is and she speaks kryptonian and gail wants to go to the phantom zone because she thinks that someone there can fix her so we meet Psy in batgirl annual number one and then in supergirl number 10 so there's this whole storyline where they go to the phantom zone and the big thing you need to know about Supergirl number 10 in regards to Psy is that she turns into a dragon. Really the most important part. That's most of it. <laughs> um, so then we get to Supergirl number 11. And in that, I was a little bummed because really Psy's not physically the dragon, but she, quote, encased herself in a shell of psychothomic energy, unquote. So that's sure. That's what the <laughs> dragon is made of. Um, but this whole thing is that really Psy doesn't trust Supergirl to help her because she's she's been tricked by some people like this character Zadu, who is this like weird uh, villain guy who's in the Phantom Zone that I guess is like a really into meats. <laughs> he's into meats and he's he's like a like a mummy. 
I don't know. Like he, yeah. he like I'm not sure. is somehow like wrapped up in mom mummy cloths. I don't know. It's very weird. Um, but he's been lying to Sai. Cadmus has been lying to Sai. They they claim that they're going to help her, and then they don't. And um, they they say things like, "Oh, we can stop the pain that your telepathy causes you." But really, they just put Kryptonian machines into her brain that harness her phantom energy. So really, they're just using her. And that results in Psy being physically and emotionally wounded. And so it's really sad for Psy. And and Psy, she she's not real crazy about people messing with her. She wants to destroy Zadu. Like, she is mad. She wants to destroy him. She wants to destroy the Phantom Zone. But the cool thing about this issue with Supergirl and Psy is that Supergirl has a lot of faith in Psy, and that faith in her moves Psy to come around and not only stop Zadu, but that it leads her to help Supergirl, Batgirl, and Ben Rubel get back home and get out of the Phantom Zone. So Supergirl did a really cool thing by believing in Psy and it it encouraged Psy to help them out. And uh, so I really, really liked the conversation that they have about mercy. And and I think it really changes Psy because Psy wants to rehabilitate the Phantom Zone. Like she thinks, you know, maybe I can do something good here. So we don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe she can make things better in the Phantom Zone. Um, but I think that's neat because Adventures of Supergirl sort of mentions Psy as like this uh, connection to Fort Roz. And so in uh, Rebirth, she has a connection to fa- the Phantom Zone, which are usually uh, connected to prisons. Before we wrap up, Morgan, what what do you think about... So we've seen all these different designs of Psy's costume. And I think we should talk about the Rebirth version yes. of size costume because <laughs> it's drastically different. So what, what do you think about it? It's, it's very different. It's very different. So um, it, it's not like tempting fate uh, <laughs> <laughs> like her other ones are. I like it. I, I think it's kind of cool. It's like white and gold and it's got this blue cape. Uh, size really into capes. Yes. Which is cool. And hoods. Like I think her cape has a hood, which is like, yeah. It should. Uh, uh, no, I like it. I think it's, uh, of all her costumes, definitely the most uh, reasonable uh, and interesting looking without, like, making me go, like, wait, that's not how anything works. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, she does still retain the short black hair that she had in the first incarnation and most of her incarnations except for adventures of supergirl really that was the only time she had like long hair um but in rebirth she has the short black hair she has the long blue cloak slash cape with the hood she still got a little bit of gold on uh like her legs and and her arms and and all of that but she's got like kind of a white suit so it makes more sense, uh, logically. So um, anyway, so I, I think we got a good look at uh, Sai's costume in Rebirth and the way it, her costume has evolved over uh, the years uh, throughout the comics. So um, 
let's get to the uh, incarnation that we are going to see on the Supergirl TV series. Uh, that brings us to season three, where uh, they'll be introducing Psy, uh, played by Jane the Virgin star Yael Groglas. This version of the character is described as, quote, a formidable opponent c- capable of using her enemies' minds against them. When she first meets Kara, the girl of steel will be affected in surprising ways, unquote. Nice. And now we have our first official look at Sai in season three. She appeared in a new trailer titled Hero's Journey. Reporting from downtown National City, it seems Supergirl is just about everywhere these days. that makes women strong is that we have the guts to be vulnerable. We have the ability to feel the depths of our emotion and we know that we will walk through it to the other side. These are like the beginning of the dark days. You are the strongest person I know. Danvers is my favorite person. She saved me more times than Supergirl ever could. I don't know if I can fight this one. You have accomplished great things. You are on a hero's journey. Supergirl, season premiere, Monday, October 9th on The CW. So uh, what do you think about this, uh, Morgan? We, we we don't get to see a lot of her, but uh, she's there around 29 seconds in, and we get to see uh, a little bit of her. What do you, what do you think? Well, I love uh, Yael in Jane the Virgin. I think she's super great. So I'm excited to see her on the show, and um, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the, with the side character, if it's going to be more, I, I'm assuming more villainous, Um but I'm wondering if there's going to be like that undercurrent that all the other like kind of comic book um, adaptations have had where she's sort of like not that bad. Like if Supergirl can like reach out to her and sort of like philosophy debate her, uh, she can kind of kind of like turn her around to her side. So I wonder if we'll see that sort of aspect of Psy on on the show. Yeah, I, I really hope we do get to see some of that. It, it sort of almost feels like the relationship between Supergirl and Livewire a little bit, where Li- uh, Supergirl still has a little bit of um, faith in Livewire to be good and not be a villain. So maybe they'll play with that with Sai. I don't know, but it does look like she might be pretty villainous, according to this trailer. And in the trailer, some she, it looks like she's going into a bank and some security officers, security guards, like are falling to the floor. I don't know if she's causing them to do that. Mm. Uh, but that could be the case. And I was starting to piece together that maybe she might be responsible for some of the dreamy looking footage that is in the trailer. So we see, we've seen a little bit of uh, Allura played by Erica Drance, where it sort of looks, looks a little bit like a dream. And then in this trailer where we see Sai for the first time, there's some shots of Kara and Monel. They're all dressed in white. Everything looks happy and heavenly. I think in both of them, they're in this, like the same weird field of flowers. Yeah. I feel like anytime somebody's in a field of flowers, you just know that's not real. Yeah. I mean, how often do you find like a, a field of flowers like that? Yeah. Soft lighting, field of flowers. That's not real. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like, I mean, that's, I'm going on, on, on a ledge here, but it just, it seems like maybe since Sai does stuff with dreams and dreamscapes that that might be her doing. And I, I, I'm kind of, 
interested in the fact that Sai is the first character from Adventures of Supergirl who was also in Adventures of Supergirl and now also showing up in the show. Um, so I guess we're we're going to have to ignore the continuity from Adventures of Supergirl where Supergirl and Sai have already met and, and Supergirl and Alex helped Sai reconnect with her body and Sai was a character from Fort Roz. I think we're going to have to shelve all of that because I don't, I, I'm, I'm guessing that that's not part of uh, Supergirl season three. So I'm a little disappointed that those don't tie together, but uh, I guess we, we can go with whatever they do with Sai in season three. So it's all very exciting. Uh, I feel like I know Sai a little bit better than I did. Uh, I think she's a pretty compelling character, even if her costumes don't make any sense. <laughs> We've seen her costumes through the years. They've gotten better and then worse. And then <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they've finally come around to a, to a, a good compromise and rebirth. So maybe, maybe you'll say that way. What if, what if we watch the show and it's like the original costume just suddenly randomly Oof. in the show? Like, <laughs> could you imagine anything that would make less sense to viewers? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know uh, what that would be like, but that does bring up the question. What is size costume going to look like? We'll have to talk about it when it gets there. Uh, Cause she does look like she is rocking that, that black leather with the uh, high collar, uh, which I love for villains. Got to have that high collar. That's that's the way you that's the way you tell somebody's a villain. Oh yeah, got to got to pop that up like a preppy like a preppy dude in an eighties movie. <laughs> got got to pop that high collar. Uh, so uh, that's really gonna do it for Sai's character history and our character spotlight on Sai. Really, just appeared in the comics, and uh, we're gonna get a good look at her on Supergirl season three. So uh, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio and talk about Psy with us, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. Uh, Instagram is where you can find the uh, panel with (laughs) Facet that you should totally go look at. Uh, You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. We have a playlist on Spotify with our Supergirl Radio uh, jams over there, so you can go check that out. And we are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. We are also available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you've got some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And we're part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, classic DC TV shows and the upcoming Black Lightning, Krypton and Titan shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcast on iTunes and follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter. And you can also like DC TV Podcast on the Facebooks. I'm, I'm going to start leaving a space in there for the Legion of Superheroes show. <laughs> no. Uh, that will be coming <laughs> next season. <laughs> Only if it's called like Bob Cobb and the Legion of Superheroes. That I will accept that as a title cuz that would be a great title. It should just be called it should be called Bob Cop and the Legion of Superheroes. The Bob Cop show. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Well, um if you want to follow me personally, you can find me on Twitter at derbykid, that's D E R B Y K I D. I'm also on Instagram at the derbykid, that's T H E R 
B-Y-K-I-D. And you can see videos of mine over at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. You can find me on Twitter at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Uh, you can also find me co-hosting the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. And uh, check out Buddy TV, where some of my act- my Legends of Tomorrow interviews, so Comic-Con, are going to be posting within the, this week, next week. So you should uh, keep an eye out. Very exciting, because I have no idea what's happening in Legends of tomorrow yeah, me <laughs> because i'm reliant on the podcast we should cover some of the news but at this point we're probably just gonna wait until the show comes back that, that seems fair that seems fair uh save uh, save all your good stuff uh from when the show comes back oh yeah yeah we're just sa- we're saving it up <laughs> <laughs> well i think that's gonna do it for us but until next time i'm still rebecca johnson i'm still morgan glennon and we hope your dreams are filled with dragons and battle cats but like, you know, the good kind, not not the really scary ones. Yeah.